0: You're listening to the weekly wrap-up on Sprott Money News.
1: Well, greetings once again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. This is your weekly wrap-up for Friday, June the 16th, 2017. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us as usual today is Eric Sprott. Eric, hello.
0: Hey, Craig. Uh, Good afternoon. Uh, It's uh, 1 o'clock my time in Toronto here, so... uh, about the latest we ever spoke at the end of a week, and uh, wasn't really that great a week, but uh, lots of intricacies during the week.
1: It's like we stalled and held off as long as we possibly could, right?
0: Hoping, ever hoping that hoping. maybe we'll get a green close here, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, well, before we get started, just a reminder that this weekly wrap-up is brought to you by Sprott Money. We deal with mints around the world to bring you the highest quality bullion and numismatics. Visit our site at SprottMoney.com to shop now. Eric, you mentioned it has been a uh, challenging week. Uh, we have in, kind of in this pattern of three steps forward and two steps back here in 2017, at least in terms of price. But a lot of this centered around the Fed and uh, its actions back on Wednesday. I would imagine you've got some thoughts on that. What uh, What do you have to say?
0: Sure. Well, I mean, nothing unusual happened in the sense that the, the, uh, they raised the rate. Uh, some of the people described her... Uh, the the wording that they put out with the increase as hawkish, although it didn't sound hawkish to me. In fact, when I had to listen to her preamble before the uh, press conference, I mean, I almost threw up when she said the economy was doing well. I thought, oh, my God, you're just going to lie to us? And I guess that's what they do. They just lie, you know, and they want us to all think that, you know, we we need a couple of rate increases because things are going so well. And, of course, uh, my view would be that it's not well. Uh, We had three huge items this week uh, in the not well category. Uh, One was home sales that fell by 5% in uh, May. Uh, Building permits were also down as part of the housing thing. And then uh, the retail sales were weak. So you have these huge macro items here that are all screaming at you that it's not working. And, of course, I always go back to... uh, Sort of basic fundamentals here, as as people, you know, get their bills for their health care increases, whether it's uh, on or under Obamacare or their own private things, and are all going up double digits, and it's the biggest part of your budget already. Your discretionary spending that's left is going down. We saw another, uh, I guess, it was month of uh, restaurant sales being weak uh they went i think they actually ticked down for the first time in a while so there's been lots of signs that there's no no recovery in fact we might even be in a recession i wouldn't be surprised to think we're in a recession and of course a lot of people might think well the government's going to bail us out of the recession hey the government's the guy with the biggest problem he's he's the guy that with all the unfunded obligations you know that has to do with pensions here and there and 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 he has to pay all those uh health care uh, uh premiums because he 's an employer and can't can hardly say i'm not paying it for you, so the governments are in real big problems here and and it looks like the guy in the street who's supposed to be supporting the economy is having a very very tough time um, we also well the third thing was he had consumer confidence just come out literally like twenty minutes ago, and it was quite weak. Uh, so, you know, it looks to me like it's sinking home here that we don't nearly have the the kind of recovery that uh, certain people might hope for.
1: Earlier today, I read that Neil Kashkari, who's the head of the Minneapolis Fed and a voting member of the FOMC, uh, Kashkari was quoted as saying that the FOMC made a choice between hope and data, and they chose hope. Does that sound about right to you?
0: <laughs> well, I would say that's... Uh, that's bang on. That's hitting the nail on the head there. Because, I mean, I, I, I had a, so much difficulty listening to Chairwoman Yellen giving that talk about how she thought things were good. I mean, she had to pick her words very carefully because there's, there's nothing good going on. Uh, but she keeps, you know, suggesting we have some kind of growth. But by I'll tell you, it's the most modest of growth, if there is growth. And if we continue to some of these see some of these things like retail sales continue down, restaurant sales continue down, house sales continue down, car sales continue to be weak. I mean, how many nails in the head do we need before we finally get it here? Uh, and I would think that government spending is going to be ticking down here, too, because, in fact, uh, another thing I saw said uh, the tax revenues are going down, which is to be expected. Okay. It's just so at the federal level and the, uh, the state level, the city level, and of course some of these cities are doing stupid things to to um, disturb the people living there in fact uh, i think a, a place like chicago is losing a lot of population because of taxes and when people start moving from cities and states because of taxes now you got a big problem right that that just could be incredible to see what What could happen here. So, because it it takes away the ability of the government who always assume, well, we can always raise taxes. There's never going to be any backlash from that. Well, excuse me, there is a backlash. People move now, given the choice. So, that's a dangerous precedent to uh, have that uh, manifest itself.
1: One more question about the Fed for you, Eric. You know, we've been, the Fed has hiked the Fed funds rate, the overnight rate, the only one they have direct control over. They've hiked it now four times for a total of 1% in the last 18 months. Over the same time period, the long end of the curve, the 10-year note, the 30-year long bond are actually down. So they're not getting that uh, upward move in rates that everybody was expecting. Is this... This all this talk about changing the balance sheet is that just job jaw-owning from the Fed? Are they just simply trying to talk long rates higher? What what can they do to get long rates up? Because they need that to happen too.
0: Yeah. Well, the long bond bond market is calling bullshit on the Fed. I mean, that's right. the easiest way I can possibly say it. Okay, and uh, this talk of reducing the balance sheet by reducing the ongoing expenditures of the interest income on the bonds, okay? The Fed still is spending money net every month, okay? And now we're going to reduce the amount of money we're spending every month by, I think it was a total of $10 billion, something like $10 billion per month. I mean, that probably doesn't even take care of half of the interest that the the the, the, uh, the uh, Fed would be making in a year. So that, that has got to be the most modest, minuscule uh, rebalancing you've ever seen. In fact, as they even start buying, the, the outstanding debt of the Fed would still be going up. So, if you want to call that, you know, shrinking the balance sheet, you go right ahead and call it shrinking the balance sheet, but the balance sheet won't be shrinking, okay? So, to your point and question, um, I think the Fed is just trying to talk up that we're being diligent when they're not being ju- diligent. And uh, they're kind of trapped in a way to suggest that they have policies that people give a damn about because the bond market's spoken. They don't give a damn about your policy rate increases they take these things like the retail sales and the house sales and the cons- consumer confidence going down is what's really going on and that's why the bond market rates are suggesting we're going into a, a and are in a very slowing economy
1: nevertheless my friend uh, this the uh speculators and the hedge funds and the hfts have taken this as a cue to dump their paper gold the last few days we're seeing just the same old spec flush. Open interest is down already, maybe forty thousand contracts. We've seen it a million times, as you know. Now, but in the face of this, these lower paper metal prices are seeming to spike physical demand around the world. I know the numbers out of India for both gold and silver caught your eye. What do you think there?
0: Well, my God, it was a huge number. I think was it one hundred and twenty-five tons, or was it some number bigger than that? It was a it was huge, extraordinary, number. yes. And- and I think I've always said, you know, I read about India. I try to read about India every week. What's going on in India? Because it's such an important market. And all I ever seem to get out of India is that it'll never be as good this month as it was the last month. And, uh, you know, if, if I'd gone back and sort of reprinted all the things I read in May about how much gold they were consuming in, in India, I, I would have sworn the number would come in at 50 tons and it came in at 125 tons, which might almost be a record high, you know, for a normal kind of month. Um, so their interest is, uh, is very, very high there. I, I grant that some of it might be because of the, uh, the tax that people expected to be in, 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 uh, instituted on June 30th. It ended up being a very small tax, 3% instead of like potentially 5% or mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there might be some slowing down of, um, of demand. But the fact is that the Indian people as a country are doing fairly well economically. It looks like we're off to a, a good monsoon season here to start off with, which affects the buying of the average person in um, in India. So I I continue to see them as a as a big buyer of gold this year. Uh, the World Gold Council keeps downplaying uh, the impact of India, and I think they'll be wrong yet again. Uh, that India is going to come back pretty big this year, big number could be like 750, 850 tons uh, from something in the 650 area last year. We're well on our way to that. I mean, I think we're two-thirds of the way there already. So uh, it looks pretty good in India. Uh, I kind of laugh when I see the goings-on of the shenanigans really going on in the commodity exchange here, that almost everything I see, whether we didn't even talk last week, I don't think, about the failure of the uh, the Banco Popular and and the the cocoa bonds being worth nothing and the shares being worth nothing and, and how that might spread to other uh, banks in in either spain or italy of which there's certainly lots that could be targeted uh and of course the the buyer pays a dollar for it and and undoubtedly gets the whole world of banking to support their uh their seven billion dollar rights issue coming up because they'll probably need that on top of everything else to pay for the how far underwater it was so we haven't solved the problems of the banking system we haven't solved the problems of the economy um everything kind of points towards uh Gold and silver here, as it has for quite a while now. Uh, the boys got themselves way too far short. They're obviously having a field day covering their shorts here. I'll look forward to the uh, the cot report that'll be out here in a couple of hours today and just to see exactly how much they've reversed it. I hope they've reversed it a lot because it's just a crooked market. Yep. So we've got to wait for them to clean everybody out, and then away we go again. So it's been a pretty modest pullback when you think of it. It's been quite modest here. Uh, and I think it, we could reverse it very, very quickly.
1: One last question, Eric, about, uh, I guess, reversing fortunes. We've been under the pressure in the shares now for what seems like an eternity. It's been maybe 60 days since the announcement of the rebalance of the, of the right. GDXJ and everything that goes with it. That's right. finally going to happen today. Uh, yeah. Do you expect maybe we'll get the, <laughs> with that anvil removed over our heads, we'll probably start doing a little better later this month?
0: Well, I think it'll do, it'll do better, certainly for the class of stocks that have been negatively affected, which is, you know, the small-cap stocks. Uh, because what they did is they said, well, we're going to take some of the small-caps out and put in some of the mid-caps in. So the mid-caps have done okay, small-caps have done poorly. And uh, once you get this trade out of the way, I think, you know, here we go. And, of course, the the most hilarious thing is, well, why did you have to reduce the number of small-caps? Because there was too much demand for them. Oh, Okay, there's so much demand for them that you 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 can't buy enough of them. You got to take them out, and so they go through a, 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 a two months shellacking here. So I think that uh, when they come out, uh, things will will go will go up a lot. I mean, I'm as you know the chairman of uh, Kirkland Lake Gold. We've sort of come through the thing somewhat unscathed. We did get down to nine bucks at, initially. We've been back up to uh, I think we got to a high of 1140 or something. Uh, currently trading at something like 10.50, um, and this is all Canadian dollars, by the way. Uh, so it, uh, I think there's uh, people around willing to take a shot at these things. Okay, from the, from the people I talk to, there are buyers around ready to pounce because it was all an artificial decline here. So I'm kind of hopeful that uh, some of these stocks that got beat up the most will show a very, very quick and significant recovery uh, come next week. So we'll stand by on that when all the trades happen at four o'clock today. The volumes are just going to blow your mind here when you see what the what the size of trades they have to put up. But a lot of people position themselves ahead of time for these things, so, you, so you, it may be over in terms of the decline now. The decline's probably over, and from here on in it's... The way we go on to the upside.
1: Eric, just one last question. I had uh, some folks at the home office sent this to me about a week ago, and, and we get this a lot. And so I thought I would just kind of tag this on here at the end. Uh, this was a, a Sprott Money customer in Belgium uh, emailed this one in. I thought we would use this just to answer this question because, like I said, a lot of people ask it. Uh, what, what holds back? the miners, the the streamers, the royalty companies uh, from, I guess, in a sense, colluding together to withhold production and somehow, you know, drop world production or supply by 20% so that they could influence price. I, mean, it, yeah. I it, it. What's well, Why doesn't that happen?
0: It, it's a great question. Well, I think the biggest reason it doesn't happen is probably illegal. <laughs> <You>
1: know, <laughs> yeah, I there's, suppose.
0: It, it, there's probably uh, something about trade, you know, affecting, negatively affecting trade or some some rule that doesn't let you do that. and You can understand why there would be that rule. Um, but I would certainly, for my part, like to see some companies keep some of their their uh, cash in gold. Uh, we've recently decided to do that at Kirkland Lake Gold. We're going to keep a certain part of our cash flow every year in gold now. And of course, I would welcome other companies doing it. And, and why not? Gold is, is a better investment than cash. Exactly. So we're doing it from that perspective. We'd much, much rather own gold that could go up 10% uh, this year than own money uh, that will depreciate in value and give you the, 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 the smallest return you could possibly imagine, taxable. So, I mean, it's just a no-brainer to think you should own the gold rather than, than have cash sitting in a bank. And by the way, and you don't have to take the risk of the bank going down. Yeah. Which, which everyone seems to think is zero, but we know it's not zero. Right. So that's something else to enter in the equation. So I, I kind of hope that they all might act in concert, but you, you can't go out and, and advertise something like that because you'll be in the slammer so fast you won't know what happened.
1: Of course, the only place you can collude and act manipula- manipulatively is on the other side of the trade, Eric. We all know that. Of course. Of course. But, uh, you just don't do it out in the open. <laughs> that's right. you got to do it in text messages, <laughs> in chat rooms, <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, Exactly. Well, all right, our my, day will come. Our day is coming. There's no question about that. We got a lot of good people working on our side, and I think we are closer than ever. As, as even though it may seem like the goalposts keep getting moved, and and we can't seem to track them down between the the civil action and the the stress in the markets and everything else, I do think we're getting closer, my friend. And we're going to keep talking about it every week. And as and I know, good. a lot of folks look forward to hearing from us every week too.
0: Good. Fingers crossed, as always. And then we got everything in our going in our favor. Okay, other than those those collusive commercials.
1: We got it. We're going to get them on the run, too, my friend. At this point, I'll wish you a good rest of your weekend, and I'll look forward to talking to you next week.
0: Hey, Greg, all the best to you, too.
1: And from everyone here at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening. We will talk to you again next Friday.